What's up, everybody? It's Chris Stefano, aka Chris Reed Stefano, and this is Christeries. Today, we have an episode that's not for the faint of heart. It's going to discuss explicit and horrifying acts. And let me tell you something if you thought that white people were the worst people in the world and you've been taught in school and colleges in today's world that only straight white males do bad things, I got news for you. It's not true. We're going to find out real quick that the Japanese deserve what they got. Here's the thing. What we're going to talk about today is Japan versus China, the Sino-Japanese wars, and these horrific war crimes. Pretty much, you've heard of Nanking, the whoops of Nanking. You're welcome, algorithm. Basically, for six weeks, the Japanese army mass-murdered, raped, used Chinese civilians, infants, and the elderly for bayonet practice, burnt down their homes, all in the name of Manifest Destiny. So, in today's video, what you'll learn is racism and hatred is not just in one group. It's in all groups. It's a human thing. It's not the whites. It's not the blacks. It's not the Asians. It's everybody. And most times, you, the most hate comes within your own community. So if you want to stop the Asian hate, you need to tell Japan and China that. So let's take it back. Now, when we're talking Asian empires, I mean, we could take it all the way back. We could take it back before Christ. I mean, I actually think Christ was Asian. I mean, he, he has an Asian vibe. Um, but we're going to take it not that far back in their history to 1894, 1895. This is where the conflict between Japan and China sparked the Sino-Japanese War or Sino-Japanese War or whatever Asian symbols war. Now, Japan wants to take over, okay? Japan, they're a little country, but they're good fighters. They got the samurai. They got sushi. They are just, you know, they'll hit you. Dude, it's one of those things. When you go to Japan, they're great warriors. They have all different types of sex things going on. All you want to do is cut people's heads off and masturbate. It's wild. Hello Kitty. But there's this huge, huge, huge ish between Japan and and China. Really what they were fighting over was to control Korea and Manchuria, and this is what resulted in a big victory for Japan in the Sino-Japanese War. So Japan won, they kind of get Korea in the mix. Not North Korea, more South Korea, but even though there was no North and South Korea there. Shout out South Korea, I'm on your side. So let's take it to September 18th, 1931. This is where things start to begin. Basically, an explosion destroyed a section of railway track in the city of Mukden, China. Mukden, M-U-K-D-N. It sounds German. Mukden, China. And this explosion happened, right, in China. And the Japanese who own the railway, they blame Chinese nationalists. And basically, they use that opportunity to retaliate and invade Manchuria. So a train blew up. And then, you know, we use this thing, they use that thing to kind of incite violence and get the, you know, we've heard that story a million times. Something blows up. They say it was this country. I mean, we talked about when the USS Maine blew up and then we, you know, we said, could it have been Spain? And then we're going to invade countries. You know, the governments do that. They like, I guarantee you this train that blew up in Ohio, we're going to find out, you know, it was the Canadians and then we're going to war with Canada. Come see me in Vancouver. The Japanese invasion of Manchuria, it happens in 1931 because they're pissed about, you know, they're, you know, they, they think, all right, you know, you know, you blew up one of our trains. So now we're going to invade Manchuria. And it was followed then by the Japanese attack of Shanghai. So they go into Manchuria. They're like, we're looking for a candidate. Then they attack Shanghai, which is a tough place to attack because it's covered in smog. 
Shanghai is like their, their LA. It's covered in smog and plastic surgery and gay people who I love. Shanghai in 1932, there had been an ongoing armed conflict now between China and Japan for a, you know, pretty, a few months, but no declaration of war. They're kind of just fighting in the streets. It's yes, it is war, but not, you know, it's not a fish. So in these five, six years that we're talking about since the train explosion, there have been so many little armed skirmishes going on that Japan had actually gained a large section of China by 1937. So Japan was becoming China and China was becoming Japan. Let's fast forward again to July 1937. I feel like I'm in everything, everywhere, all at once, which was a good movie, not about Nan King, but did have Asian people who I support. The only Asians I do not support are the 1930 to 40s Japanese. They can go fuck themselves. But everyone else, post that, love them. I love the present day Japanese. I'm Chrissy Kanichiwa. So on the night of July 7th, 1937, a small Japanese force near the Marco Polo Bridge in China demanded entry into the tiny wall town of Wanping in order to search for one of their soldiers. While the Chinese garrison in that town said no. Okay, you're not coming in. You know why? Because you're Japanese and we don't like you because you're going to hurt us because you're mean. Japanese are mean. So they're saying, we're not, we were told to not let any mean Japanese in. And a shot was heard and then the two sides began firing and the Japanese and the Chinese started killing each other. And that's not good. Tim Dillon voice. So these two incidents lead to what is known as the second Sino, aka Sino-Japanese War. What we're seeing in Japan and China is happens now. A history always repeats itself, right? Because remember, yesterday was history. It's always repeating itself. I mean, you know, Japan invading China for its war for its raw materials, but making up excuses like it's for something else is the same thing that Russia and Ukraine's doing. Russia's like Ukraine is Nazis, but they really just want their land because it'll it'll help fuel their empire. Every no, there's always a Putin. Okay, there'll always there'll always be a Putin. There'll always be a Zelensky. There'll always be a Joe Biden, and there'll always be a George Santos. So the Japanese Empire, why are they doing this? Manifest destiny. Japan is saying, listen, we're going to liberate all you Asian countries from the Western greed, from the Western empires, from the United States, from Britain, from all these people that we hate that are ruining our culture and ruining our Eastern empire. It's all BS. What Japan was basically doing is trying to get everybody's land. But they're, you know, you, you're not just going to, countries are not just going to let you in. You have to have some type of rallying cry and war cry so that Japan, now here's another thing, is a lot of times even the leaders themselves do believe it. Nobody's really doing things and being like, oh, they believe it deep in their subconscious, like, yeah, this is, this is what it is. It's the West's fault. You need an enemy. They're blaming it on the West. Japan just wanted the land. They were being greedy. 1930s, 1940s Japanese were just greedy little mofos. That's what it was. They were bad, bad, bad. And so their goal was to control the natural resources and economic dominance over the entire Asian region. Listen, this was a horrific war, okay? The, the Sino-Japanese wars were horrific. And to make it even worse, they both then, they go from that war right into World War II. All right, so the second Sino-Japanese war is probably the one that you've heard of because not only was it more brutal and the atrocities were like next level, but they documented it. A lot of time, that's, you know, a lot of wars sometimes get lost to history because there was no really evidence of it. It was just somebody writing it down. Well, here we have pictures, we have film, you know, the Japanese were going around just filming everything they did. They were the original YouTubers, and I think they should die the same fate as a Chinese baby did in Nanking. 
But before we get to the horrific atrocities of the Chinese city of Nanking, we have to talk about the Battle of Shanghai. And no, that's not a Jackie Chan movie. Now, in this battle, we got the NRA, not that NRA. I'm talking about the National Revolutionary Army. The other NRA, it would have been called the Storming of Shanghai. The Republic of China, which is called the ROC, Rock Nation, versus the Imperial Japanese Army of the Empire of Japan, the IJA, not the IPA. This battle went on for three months, the Battle of Shanghai, and it was one of the largest and bloodiest battles of the entire war. I mean, it just, it was bad. I mean, some people say this is actually when World War II started. Like, they, they, they point to this because it's going to lead directly into why all these major countries have to get involved in the conflict because of this Manifest Destiny thing. I mean, World War II to historians say it's when Germany invaded Poland on September 1st, 1939. That's when it started. But again, that's a European version. That's kind of the white version of World War II. If you want to make it all broader, this battle right here, the Battle of Shanghai, kind of was the first, really first big shot of World War II. And it gets bad from here. So basically, the Imperial Japanese Army, the IJA, won the Battle of Shanghai. So if they would have lost that battle, a lot of things would be different in history, but they won. So then the Japanese start turning their attention toward the capital city of the Republic of China, a.k.a. the Rock, Nanking. Nanking was, Nanking Coal was the capital of the Republic of China. The general there, his name was Iwani Matsui, who sounds like he could play for the Mets, <laughs> believed that the capture of Nanking would basically force China to surrender and it would end the entire war. Well, that's not what was going to happen and that was a big mistake. General Matsui basically ordered that the city of Nanking be destroyed because, again, he thought this is going to make China not be a part of the war and we'll just basically own China. So now we get to, now we get to China's national leader, Qing Kai-shek. So Qing Kai-shek was the head of the Rock, the Republic of China. He's China's Jay-Z. And he ordered the removal of all Chinese troops from Nanking. So the troops could leave, but the citizens had to stay. What a little bitch move, okay? That, in the words of Venetia, he's puss. And I, that would, so basically he left the city, he left the Chinese city of Nanking to be defended by untrained you know, auxiliary troops, pretty much just citizens with guns uh, or, or, or pitchforks, farmers, because he didn't want to lose his military. So, I mean, what the hell are you doing? Either stay and fight or evacuate everybody. You can't just take the troops and leave. So he warned them. He was like, listen, by the way, Japan's coming and they're probably going to kill everyone and start bayonetting the babies, but you should just stay. You should stay. You don't want to come with us. And Chiang ordered the city held at any cost and forbade the official evacuation of citizens. So do you realize how messed up that is on China's part where it's like you're leaving and protecting your army, but the citizens have to stay and fight. And you probably, again, once again, what the Chinese did, what the Japanese did, what the Americans will do, what any country in the world will do is when they want your citizens or your soldiers stay and fight, they make up some reason why you have to stay. That's why in the older world, the soldiers believed that if they died, they would go in the glory of battle, they would go to some ultra awesome part of heaven or the afterlife was with, you know, Muslims, the afterlife, you get virgins and all that. It's all bullshit. It's also the government can make people stay and do what the government wants you to do. Well, I'm not doing it. So many ignored this order. Many of the Chinese ignored this order, good, and left. 
But the problem is they were left to the mercy of the Japanese approaching. So you kind of are leaving, but you got nowhere to go because the Japanese are coming. They're coming from all sides. An international committee was set up, basically a Nanking safety zone to provide refuge for Nanking civilians fleeing. It was actually set up, this Nanking safety zone was actually set up by Western missionaries, you know, religious people trying to spread gospel and spread religion and, and, and peace and unity, and businessmen. That's who, that, those are the two groups who set up this international committee. And one of those businessmen who set up the international committee for safety for the residents of Nanking was a Nazi. And we're going to get to that in a second, and it's wild. And by the way, the international committee zone uh, was roughly the size of Central Park. So if you look at pictures of that today, if you zoom in real close, you can see Venity and her friends drinking on the rocks. So here's what happened. On December 1st, the Chinese government, they abandoned Nanking. They said, we are leaving. We don't want to be here. And they left the international committee in charge. And all remaining citizens were ordered into the safety zone for their protection. Now you have pretty much, you know, no nationalist government there. You have this international committee of the Western missionaries and a Nazi businessman. They're the ones who are left in charge to defend Nanking. So this is where it gets pretty bad pretty quick. Okay, so why is everybody so scared? Why are the Chinese running away when they hear the Japanese army is coming? Because word had already spread about the Japanese atrocities. Basically, everybody in China was saying, when the Japanese come into your city, they kill everybody. They have killing contests, they pillage, they rape, they burn everything, uh, they burn your house down, they burn people alive. Chinese soldiers were actually hunted down and killed by the thousands and just left in mass graves. So part of Japan's tactic was to be scary and to be like, you better leave because if you don't, we're going to kill everybody. It's very, very, very old school medieval warfare type things. It's very Vlad Dracula of the Japanese to be doing what they're doing. The Japanese were hungry for revenge. I mean, really hungry. They were hungry for revenge like George Takai is hungry for Hull. So the Japanese, they're upset. Remember when we talked about the Battle of Shanghai? Even though they won, they lost so many soldiers, they're pissed. They are still upset. And by the way, the Japanese are very undisciplined, untrained. They're tired. They're hungry. They're in a bad mood. They've been marching for weeks. And they just seriously wanted to kill people. They were bloodthirsty people. We've seen this many times in history, and it's about to get bad here. In December of 1937, Japan invades Nanking. And for the next six weeks, life is going to be a living nightmare for the Chinese who are in Nanking. Japanese get into Nanking. Um, they already look at the Chinese as subhuman, okay? The, the, the inter kind of racism and hatred between Japan and China is bad. Japan looks at Chinese as fifth-class citizens. They are, they're not even human. The same way the Germans looked as, at the Jews as subhuman, the Japanese look at the Chinese as subhuman. This was a thing going on in history at that time. And basically, the Japanese troops were going to compete with each other to invent more new and horrible ways to kill innocent Chinese. So this picture right here, that what you're seeing, that is a picture of Chinese citizens being buried alive by Japanese troops with a smile on their face. So literally buried alive. Like you're, 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 that's a horrific way to die. I'd rather be eaten by an alligator. Here's the thing. Japan wasn't just looking to invade Nanking, China and take it over and, you know, gain control of it and gain land for their army. No, they were looking to kill and destroy everybody to almost wipe any type of Chinese influence or history off the face of the earth. This was 
horrific, horrific, horrific war crimes. Some people think the worst war crimes in the history of war was happening right here in Nanking. Entire families were massacred. Elderly and infants were targeted for execution. Uh, many reports of Chinese soldier, uh, many reports of Japanese soldiers throwing up Chinese babies and having them land on their bayonet in front of their families. Um, they were choking people to death in the streets. The gutters ran red with blood, literally. They were hacked to death with swords. They would pour um, gasoline and petrol on them and burn them alive. Um, they would loot the city of Nanking. They would rape the women, kill the children, all in front of the families. A lot of times there was reports of you know leaving a father um, alive while they raped and killed his wife and kids and then burnt them alive in front of them. All unnecessary, all unnecessary. I mean, if you're going to take over people and you want to kill the citizens, you can shoot them once in the back of the head and that's all you needed to do. You don't need to go to this level, but they were trying to show how brutal they were. And again, they looked at the Chinese as subhumans. They didn't look at them as equals. And um, it got so bad, actually, this is how bad it got, that the Japanese themselves had to actually refine their methods of slaughter because they were spreading too much disease doing it the way they were doing it. Everybody was getting sick because they were just killing and leaving open bodies everywhere. They were like, oh, wait, maybe we should change our methods. So the Japanese of 1937 in Nanking can go fuck themselves. This right here is why they call this battle the rape of Nanking because tens of thousands of Chinese women were raped by Japanese soldiers. According to eyewitness reports, they said between 20,000 and 80,000 women were brutally raped and tortured, many of them young girls and elderly women. Um, they were the, the Japanese soldiers would come in, rape them, and then mutilate them and kill them after they were assaulted. So those are the last moments of these Chinese women's lives is being brutally raped and tortured by the Japanese soldiers and then killed. And it was probably one of the most horrific things to happen that I feel like we don't really talk about, at least in American history, and we should, because I think that moment right there goes to show you that hatred and all that stuff is not linked to just one race or one group. It's everybody. It's a human condition. It can happen to any race, religion, culture, or creed when they feel like they get the power. So... When you're out there in present-day America, you might hear that one group is more responsible than another group, and it's just whatever, whatever group is being attacked right now seems to be the worst in history. It's not. Every group throughout history, at one point when they've gotten the power, have turned into absolute godless animals. So you just have to ask yourself, is your group next? You know, again, another point to be like, not no no country is better or worse than the other. We're all just, we're human citizens. That's why, like, when you think about culture and all these things it it, it, it it to me i'm always like it's just a human culture whatever whatever culture you think you have right now is probably the culture that was raped into your great 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 grandmother and grandfather and now you believe that to be your culture but it's really the conqueror's culture it's all too it's all it all mixes in so you see here yeah i understand you know when you think of world war ii you think the germans were the only ones who, who were horrific. And they were horrific. The, the Germans do not get a pass ever. The Holocaust was, was brutal. But look at how bad the Japanese were to the Chinese. It, 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 it just, it doesn't, it never will stop. It's humans, it's just humans doing human shit. When the Japanese high command found out of these atrocities, because the soldiers are taking pictures, because they're young, hungry, stupid kids, they went to every length, every length 
possible to destroy the evidence of the atrocities. They tried to destroy it all, but of course something survived and we found out about what was going on. So the Japanese, they had agreed initially to respect the Nanking safety zone, but shocker, they didn't. And remember that Nazi businessman? Well, his name was John Rabe. And he was so shocked by the atrocities that he tried to save as many Chinese people as he could. And he actually appealed to Adolf Hitler to you know, save them. And Adolf Hitler, of course, rejected it. It was like, I hope they kill even more Chinese people. He doesn't care because Adolf Hitler's a madman with a mustache. And John Rabe is one part of history where, you know, there was a not, couple of nice Nazis, and he was one of them. But he also, you know, did go down to become a Nazi, and so he, he hung for that. Listen, bodies littered the streets for months after the attack. Like, literally littered. Bodies were everywhere. Like, you thought, you know, how you could see garbage on the street. These were, there were bodies everywhere. I mean, that Native American from the 1990s commercials that would cry when there was garbage on the street, I mean, he would, he would have killed himself if he saw this. This was bad. So the Japanese butchered an estimated 150,000 male war prisoners, biological male, I want to be politically correct, biological male war prisoners. The Japanese killed 150,000 of them, and then they massacred an additional 50,000 male civilians. So... 200,000 men just dead, just absolutely dead, which I know, ladies, you think sounds like a better world, but it wasn't. In January 1938, the Japanese declare that order needs to be stored, and they put in a puppet government, and that ruled until pretty much the end of World War II. I don't know if a lot of people know that, that you know, during World War II, even though China was on our side, many parts of China was being ruled by Japan. Japan dismantles the safety zone. Now, remember, the Japanese came in on December 13th. I'm talking about February. They're still killing people because the Japanese soldiers were determined to stay there until China surrendered. But China said, never surrender. Second Sino-Japanese war still going on. It's continuing. It's getting bad. World War II is about to come upon us. And many people have heard now about the atrocities coming out of China. They're hearing that the Japanese are being brutal brutal to the Chinese. Even the United States hears it. So the United States, they stop negotiations with Japanese dim diplomats and they put a full embargo on exports to Japan and they freeze Japan's assets in the banks. They stop giving them oil. And this eventually leads to why Japan has to bomb us on Pearl Harbor because they have we, we were fueling their war machine. We were giving that so they could keep their manifest destiny going through China. We were giving them the oil, giving them the money. Well, now we freeze everything. And Japan's like, damn, we need oil to get through this war. So we're going to have to bomb the United States and try to knock them out of the war and take their oil. Well, you fucked up there. And because I hope now after this rape of Nan King story, you realize, you know what? The, the 1940s Japanese soldiers, at least, not the civilians, the soldiers, they deserve that nuke. USA, the US supported China, of course. Well, of course, we supported China and we sent supplies along the Burma Road, aka the Silk Road. And it is said, really, if you look back at history, the kind of Sino, second Sino Japanese war didn't really end until we nuked Japan, causing them to surrender in 1945. So this was a long, 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 arduous, horrific time for the Chinese. It is estimated around 200,000 to 300,000 people were killed in Nanking alone. Matsui and his lieutenant, Tani Hisao, were tried and convicted for war crimes by the International uh, Military Tribunal of the Far East, and both men were soon executed. I like anger over Nanking. It's still around today. People are still upset about it today. There's still disputes 
on mainly from the Japanese side because this was an extremely embarrassing time for Japan. There's disputes about the number of deaths, about why it, ca why it was caused. You know, they were exploited for propaganda purposes, all this stuff. But the bottom line is, is what we say here at Christeries is the truth. And Japan did that so they could get natural resources and keep building their empire for their manifest destiny. And they burned and tortured and killed many, many, many innocent Chinese civilians because they look at them as second-class citizens and probably still do. And now that the tides are turning where China is becoming more powerful and Japan isn't as powerful, we'll see what happens. We'll see if China now remembers payback for this because a lot of things with Asian cultures, they don't forget. And a lot of beliefs in Asian culture were all connected here in the afterlife. So I doubt that many Chinese people still to this day, if they know their history, have forgiven the Japanese. And today, the victims of the rape of Nanking are memorialized at the Nanking Massacre Memorial Hall in Nanking. So try and pull that statue down. If you want to, you can't. Located near a mass grave. Um, there's a mass grave there uh, called the Pit of 10,000 Corpses. Um, and UNESCO added the Nanking Massacre Memorial uh, historical documents to its memory of the World Registry. So the world is trying, that, that part of the world is definitely trying to be like, you know, we're mad sorry. But I think that the victims of the massacre, whose, you know, people live on today, probably are still hurt and upset by that. But that was another time in history. It just, I'm happy to do an episode like this. Leave in the comments what you think. I know there might be people out there that will say, but still white people are the worst. You'll always believe that. It's what can you do? I'm not saying we're the best, but I'm just saying that this is a part of history that proves that any type of race can is is can can do nasty things. It doesn't matter. People get so hung up on race and religion. That's not what it's about. It's just who has the power, where the power dynamic is. If somebody, if some group of people is powerful, inevitably they will start to do bad things. It is what the human brain does. And I don't know why humans act that way, but they do. And I'm happy to say that I'm not human. I'm AI. Yesterday was history.